evening and welcome to the Lap of the Monkey Music Show. Today we have Derek Davis. Derek is the singer of Babylon AD and also a great solo performer I want to talk about also. But we've got a new album to talk about, a live album. Live Lightning. What's, what's, what's up with that, man? It's pretty awesome. I got a preview, luckily. And, uh, oh, it's really good. Yeah. It's really good. It's really good. It, um, it sounds great. Thanks. What, what was the impetus to get this album, live album out? Well, uh, we've been working on new material for a, for a uh, new studio album for a while now. You know, actually, we started before COVID did. And, uh, well, we, before COVID, COVID came and kind of crushed everything, you know. Uh, so we had a, a batch of songs written and we were working on uh, doing, a, doing a new follow-up album. You know, we put out, uh, 2018, we put out uh, Revelation Highway on Frontiers Records. And uh, then COVID hit, and at the same time we were in the, in the uh, studio writing songs and everything like that. And um, as time went on, we just kind of took a break through COVID, like everybody else did. And we started getting back into it. And then uh, Paris Records, Tom Mathers, the uh, president, called us and asked us if we were doing uh, doing anything. You know, uh, if we were going to go back in the studio. And I said, Yeah, we are. We actually started practicing again, and we're going to do something. I said, But it wouldn't be ready probably till next year. You know, right. like maybe. January or February or something next year. Oh, sorry about that, man. No problem. Um, anyways, uh, so I, I had uh, three concerts that we had recorded over the last few years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, you know, I could probably put together a live thing. He said, well, that'd be great. Put together a live thing and then kind of let everybody know that we're, we're back and playing yeah. again. And sorry about that, man. Okay. I'm going to turn my phone off. You know, so it's it's basically like a teaser for the studio album and to let everybody know that, you know, we're back and uh, functioning and, and working again. So um, it took a while to put, the, put it together, maybe a couple months. You know, I had to listen to about 16 tracks of three different gigs to find out which track sounded the best. And uh, it, it came pretty apparent that there was two gigs that sounded really good and one gig just sounded bad. It, it just wasn't recorded right. So after listening about three or four songs on that one, I just I didn't even listen to it anymore. I just yeah. kept the two two shows that sounded the best, and then kind of whittled down the sixteen songs till I had four, fourteen songs, um, and that's how that came about. So, so actually, this is interesting. You weren't playing recording it, so how were you recording them? Like right off the board, like just to begin no, with. Yeah, we were, yeah, our sound guy records right off the board, and he just ha he always has wave files with him. So I just. Uh, you know, uh, he, he actually sent them to me maybe about four or five years ago, because this was like 2017, 2018, 2019, around that time when we were playing right before COVID, uh, that he'd, he'd recorded, you know, the three gigs, you know, yep. and uh, he'd sent me, sent me, sent me the way fives, but I just sat on them. You know, I didn't even listen to them or anything. I didn't even know if we were ever going to use them, but I had them, you know, yeah. Uh, then I just dug them out, you know, just went treasure hunting. Well, if I was in a band, I think like performing, I would probably record myself all the time because I think it's a great tool. I know a lot of bands do that, you know, mm -hmm. you know, to go back and listen to it again. And, you know, and, you know, especially a lot of like a lot of like Zappa and Holdsworth and a lot of those artists used to go back and pick through and they're playing. Maybe not so much in the rock and roll world as much because more it's more with the energy and the performance. But yeah. I mean, you get some nuggets like this, you have a really great night and there's your live album. There's your special show. Exactly. You're like, oh. You never know. You know, you can always tape over it well, or record over funny. it. A, a few of the songs, like I'll just pick one of them out, like uh, our, this, a song that was on our, our last album on Frontier Records. Um, 
off the Revelation Highway album, a song called One Million Miles. And it has keyboards and strings like that in it and everything like that. But live, you know, we don't have any of that stuff. It's just two guitars, bass, and drums. But I got to tell you, man, it that song just, wow, it just really blew me away. It just really came alive, you know, uh, like it was without all the extra instrumentation. You know, it's just, it really did. It just blew me away, man. It reminded me of like Peter Frampton's Comes Alive, you know, when he put out like Show Me The Way. The first out, the album was Show Me The Way, was yeah. kind of sterile and, you know, it was cool. Yeah. But when you hear it on the live album, you're like, whoa, this is a whole new song, even if it's the exact same song. Just because it sounds the, good. Yeah. It feels like the skeleton and then like the framework mm -hmm. is done. And then I do get that, you know, and it's really interesting. I was actually, I was just watching that video before we, we started talking was the One Million Miles. Um, looks like that was a fun video to shoot. Looks yeah. like it was a good day to go to the, excuse to go to the beach and gym is what it feels like. Right, go to the beach, <laughs> yeah. Great, um, as we talk about this, people just just because the, this album is, is a really good starting point to go back, but uh, the last album's good. The, the albums are all good, you know. So let's we'll use this as your enter your gateway drug to kind of roll back and just check out the other albums. But what's really good with this album is you know, and like you know, like desperate, like everything fits, like the old songs and the new songs, and maybe songs. Listen to knowing some of the other albums and then hear them live the way they all fit in together. Uh huh. I don't think I could have sat down and said, this is a set list I would have picked out from different songs. Like maybe uh -huh. I would try to think differently. And um, it, was, it was a nice surprise because those are songs that probably, some of the songs I would have thought would have fit so cohesive uh, yeah. in it. You, and it's you, not a bad thing by any means. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what I'm saying, right? It's, yeah, you're the third person that said that. It's like, wow, I would have never thought you put like Love Blind on there or... Uh, yeah. Sinking in the sand on there, but somehow that's they what I was thinking together. exactly when I heard that. That's like you know, somehow they fit, you know. <laughs> it because was you know, different periods of time and everything like that. But yeah, I mean, when we play live, I mean, you know, there's five guys up on stage playing, and we're just kicking ass and just you know having a good time and playing like the the way we feel them and the way we you know the way it comes out. So I, I kind of think that uh, it, it doesn't matter. It's still us. It's still my voice. It's still the lead guitar play. It's right. you know so. It, yeah, it doesn't sound totally different, but it does, like, the albums are just a little bit different in the time period. You're right. But thinking the sand, I was like, I was not expecting that. It's like, that's cool. And I know you guys have did another album before, so you got to be careful to repeat yourself. But there's certain standards you have to do. I mean, everybody yeah. has to do a few songs. Otherwise, it's what kind of live album yeah. you're missing this. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you can't stuff into a live album without I Want You to Want Me or something. You know what I mean? You have to right, do your, exactly. You yeah. have to do certain songs. Right, exactly. Um, there was a couple songs I wish we would have had, but. I didn't have they weren't recorded like uh so savage a heart you know okay yeah didn't have that one but i was like man i wish i would have had that one you know to put on the put on the record that was a great song on the second album you know i didn't have it recorded so i couldn't didn't do it you know for some well, reason maybe record it now well maybe you can only do a couple ballads per show if you're doing 10 12 14 songs you know you don't want to have three or four ballads so we had uh i think on most of those shows we did desperate and one million miles right we didn't have so savage a heart you know we you know we didn't have it tell, tell the audience it's a special recording and then you can just put it out as a b-side on something else i think the fans will dig it yeah, yeah. You know, how many I times mean, are our videos done you go okay we're going to shoot the video today and how many people have to sit and listen to the same song pre-recorded over and over again right i think your audience would love to hear an extra ballad that's gonna be on an album because everyone's got yeah i was there you know what i mean yeah right yeah i know, you know? what you mean I think it's a cool thing. Um, as you guys are doing the album and looking back, so are the other guys pretty stoked? Do they feel like this album's pretty good? You know, 
yeah, everybody's pretty, uh, pretty, uh, what's the word, surprised how good it sounds, mm -hmm. you know, because uh, it could have sounded really crappy, you know, but but it didn't, you know, and, and just sitting there mixing, kind of remixing the songs, you know what I mean, trying to yeah. keep them as, as real as possible. But of course, you're going to add a little bit of low end or, or whatever, you're going to master it, and you're going to try to clean it up a little bit, you know what I mean? But it was really interesting that this I hear like little mistakes here and there or mm -hmm. tempo changes, things like that. You know what I mean? But most people don't. Or maybe I'll change a lyrical line or something like that, you know. Uh, but I don't think most people even catch it. You know what I mean? But um, it's live. So you didn't really change anything. It's not like you, you went in and you did overdubs. and You guys like. It's, no, no, it's no. So, so like there, there's mistakes here and there. There's a couple of times the guitars sound like they're out of tune just a little bit on certain parts and stuff like that. But that's you know, awesome. That's awesome. That's what I mean. I think it's cool. I mean, you know? look what's going on right now in rock and roll with everyone's playing backup, uh, playing tracks now live. The first time out, they're not even getting live the first time out. So just doing a live album where you're breathing and making mistakes and clicky things and feedback and whatever, or you're just out of yeah. breath or whatever, whatever it is. It's yeah. awesome. That means it's real. It means a human, human person right. performing for you. That's great. Yeah. I mean, we grew up with a lot of our live albums. How many have we found out that aren't really live? Well, I went and did a couple of overdubs. Next thing you know, you're like, are you kidding me? I thought this was a live album. You know, yeah, the kids are like all these. I was reading a story about that. Something like, did you know that I, I can't remember what the count was, but eighty percent of all live albums are actually done in the studio. I was like, what? It was like, blew me away. I was like, wait a minute, man. I listened to Cheap Trick live at Budokan and Kiss Alive, and so are you trying to, you know, like which ones? You know, which ones are not done live? You know, you want to know? You know, I'll hit the money. I kiss and kiss that being um, uh, and being the overdub ones, so I will. <laughs> yeah. I, th I think they're, they're you know, perfectionists. I think it's hard. I think a lot of people don't want to go in and have their mistakes over and over again, you know? Yeah. I think that was just the way it was. So that's why I think this is cool. This is kind of special. And, I, and, and, and the way you just described it, you're like, oh, yeah, we just had these files. And you say, yeah, four or five years. It's kind of funny because it's like 23 already. And like, it feels like it was just 2019, like a minute ago. It's just been a that's, weirdest, man, right? It, it, this is the fastest. Four I, years is weird, right? I don't even know how to explain it. The, the last yeah. four, since 2019, it just went by like a rocket to me. Yeah. You know, it just, I don't know, you know. I don't know if yeah, I'm just getting I, it, older or just uh, everything's happened so fast in the world, you know. You can get older. You can, if you want to stop from it, we can yell some people to go off our lawn if you want. It makes it better. Yeah, right. Kids <laughs> go off my lawn. <laughs> um, but it's but it it's it's good. And but the way you're like, oh, I've just had some tracks recorded, but it wasn't like plans. So the fact that it sounded so good in the mix, you know what I mean? When I heard it. It yeah. felt like it was professionally recorded, like 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 planned recording. You know, like you had a truck out there and you didn't it doesn't feel like a soundboard. Because yeah. some bands will do that, and it's fine. Because sometimes it'll be like, especially back in the '80s and '90s, mm -hmm. you you have what you have, and sometimes the board wasn't the best. But it's live, and a lot of bands have that. And you're like, that's fine. That's all you have. I'll take it. Yeah, this doesn't feel like that. This literally feels like it was on purpose for this mm -hmm. project. So kudos to you on, on on getting good tapes and good mixing. You know, what um is the plan now with the band? Because I know you, you're doing some solos. You do your solo too. Yeah. How are you how are you better to find the balance of doing what? Like what's the future of well uh actually right before Tom had called me about three three months ago or so, four months ago, before we started the live thing, you know, when he talked to us into doing the live thing, uh I had a batch of I do have a batch of about ten or eleven songs that I was gonna put out on another record, mm -hmm. another solo record. 
But since this, I think I'm just going to wait and and keep writing some more songs and wait until the Babylon ED thing is, this will take a year for us, you know, um, and the next record is going to take, like I said, it's going to come out at the beginning of next year. So I'm thinking about a year and a half before I release anything on my own again. But I have, a, I have a, like I said, about 10 songs that are recorded. They could be mastered and, and put the, to disc right now if I wanted them to. But uh, I kind of did that on uh, on my Revolutionary Soul record. Mm -hmm. uh, what happened with that was I, I put the record out and then we got a record deal within like a month, not even a month later, I got a record deal from Frontiers for Babylon AD. So it was like all the promotion and all the work that I was going to do for a revolutionary soul album, my solo album just got thrown by the wayside. So I had, you know, I had that came out, I think it was March of 2017. And then uh, Revelation Highway came out, Babylon AD, like November, you know, but we were in the studio working on it. So I didn't have no time to even promote the record. And I just figured I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to make sure that I have enough time to promote anything and everything that I do, whether it's Babylon AD or whether it's uh, my solo stuff, you know? Well, I think you're competing with yourself. That's right. I know. Yeah. You are. You're just competing with yourself, and it's kind of, and, you, and you're tearing yourself in half, you know, because well, you're not sure to put your energy, you know? You're already competing with a, an army of uploads as it is. You don't yeah, need to add yourself to it, too. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, one more person? Please. Um, <laughs> and, I think a lot of the thing I like, I like what a lot of artists do is they'll do like an album, and then do a solo and album because it kind of feels nice or they'll, you know, because that way they can break it up and it, it feels it's healthier for artists to like, feel like more, more of a longevity of a band because that yeah. way, you know, the band is a, a band project and then other artists too, not just a singer or a guitar player, you know what I'm saying? They do something yeah. different and, and then they come the back same, again. At the same time, uh, some of the songs that I write, they fall into the ba ba Babylon ED category and, but most of them don't. So, that's what's good about having two other guitar players that write music, you know, because John or Ron will give me an idea of, of a, a guitar riff, you know, they'll send it over to me and I'll, Oh, that sounds good. And I'll make it into something, you know, to mm -hmm. become, it'll become a song. I try to get those guys at least give me two parts to a song so that I can at least have a chorus and a verse. Then I can work out a pre-hook or a bridge or a breakdown or whatever else we got to do. But if I could get a good, melody over a verse and a good melody over a chorus then a pretty pretty much home free you know what i mean and then most of the songs that i write they're just 100 percent done and i here here's a song you know what i mean all you gotta do is follow this drum beat and play this bass line and you know but of course we'll we'll, we'll tear it apart a little bit as a band and maybe add a couple little things and make it a band sound but i'm pretty aware of what songs fit with babylon ad and which songs don't when i'm writing you know that that's the thing and it's an interesting point you bring up because sometimes like there's a um you give a band you still need to have somebody or uh, a crew but you still need to have somebody kind of steering the ship yeah because, you know five head it's a five-headed monster it could be a five-headed monster and yeah. it's gonna be going like this yeah, you kind of need somebody to, to you need somebody to kind of say all right it's a band but the final word the final decision the, the, the well, ultimate direction everybody pretty much over the years you know it's just it, it it's a trust factor you know, I've got the recording studio. Ron's got a recording studio too, a, a, a nice little recording studio. But I've got the major recording studio, and and so I do most of the work. You know, yeah. but that's what I've always done, and they feel comfortable with give, giving their ideas into my hands. Yeah. Sometimes they'll give me three or four songs, and may, there might only be one that's ah, uh, this one's great, but the rest of them, 
I don't want to say they suck, but they're just not up to snuff of what I think a Babylon AD song should be. You know what I mean? So, so it's it's kind of good because if you have three writers that are writing material, writing guitar riffs and things like that, you could pretty much start, you know, you might have 30 ideas and dwindle it down to like 10 or 12. You know what I mean? That's why you don't want to have filler. That's what I mean. I don't like having filler on any album myself. And and uh, we try to pride ourselves on that. And I, and I don't feel like when I listen to any of our albums that there's anything that I don't like on them. That, you know, I don't listen and go, why did we do that song, man? That song is not that good. You know, I'm always, wow, this song is a good song. Uh, as an artist, you'd want to do it because I think, you know, I think the worst time period, I think, for filler songs is probably the late 80s and 90s when they're trying to push it out. You get a couple yeah. big songs and the rest of the albums are, and you're like, that's a good artist. Why do they have like, like it could have been an EP. They were in a rush to go back on tour. Yeah, but that's nowadays, yeah. right. In the, in the record labels, and I'm not beating up the, the bands, I'm saying the record labels, you know, which were actually, I like to say, I like to call them banks. I like to call them the banks. The banks would push them back out before they could do what they were hired to do, you know? It's like getting a relationship because they love you and they're like, what we want you to be to change now. <laughs> you're like, you got me for a reason. Let me be who I am. Yeah. Um, but as an artist, you want to do the best of what you can. If it takes you right. a couple of years, if it takes you a month, if it takes yeah. you your Chinese democracy length, you know, it Whoa, takes you as long as it takes. That was an expensive long joke. If it takes that long, you should probably <laughs> that not be was the most studio. expensive, longest wait in the history of music. You should take. probably not be in the studio. You should probably just, you know what, do a home studio, take the money, do a home studio, just demo it for 10 years <laughs> and then go back in there. It feels like a lot of money. Um, and I've heard you, I've heard on that album that there's a lot of tracks that they're still out there that that they have that they've never released. Oh God, there's got to be like 35 or 40. Oh, there's got to be because that yeah. was the thing that band never was short of material. Yeah, you know, well, I like I, I like to watch Chinese Democracy, but like listen to it separately, it doesn't sound like Guns and Roses that we mm -hmm. know. It's kind of separately. Like it's songs, yeah, mm -hmm. but it's, but it's, but song wise though, there are some pretty good songs on. Them. I can't yeah. knock it out. It's not. Popping in a Guns N' Roses thing is what it is, I think. Um, but 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 to this point, I think it's good that you have the time. And, and nowadays, you really can't do filler. I mean, look at the bands now. Look at your look at your peers after COVID. Look, some of these bands have put the best albums of their lives out now. Yeah, maybe it's because we're all uh, a little, just a little bit older and have a little bit more time, and we've got well, COVID gave a lot of time. Yeah, and we've got uh, recording studios, and uh, you know. Um, Maybe I, you know, it, it's hard to tell, man. I, I, I don't know, but uh, I do know that a lot of people have said to us and said to me too, "Why are you putting out albums? Nobody buys albums anymore. You know, they just buy singles." And I'm like, man, I don't give a shit. I'm from the old fucking school. You know what I mean? Right. I want to, I want to see a record. I want to hear a record. I want to, I want to touch it. I want to go, wow, look at that. I want to see like a body of artwork on it. No, not yeah. just one song. You know what I mean? Because that's just, it, it it's not. A, I've and I put singles out. I put three or four singles out, but that was only because, you know, I, I wanted something to do. I put a video and a single out. You know what I mean? It's like, well, I can wait till another year before it comes out, yeah. but I just want to put it out now. You know what I mean? I think what is interesting is, and and I respect bands that want to do it differently because how they sell and stuff. I wouldn't want to go through the stress of the finances. I, as a fan, enjoy the bands I sold into, still doing new music, doing complete albums. I get that it might not be worth it financially for them or whatever whatever it is. I, you know, I don't I don't slide anybody. I appreciate when an artist like you does it do the whole album. Um, I think one of the meat in the middle things is is because like if, if singles is how it goes nowadays a lot. 
is to do right. like an album and then do like what do they call it a, a waterfall release is it we were i think that's what it's called I, yeah, I'm, I'm behind the times <laughs> i learned i learned it from an artist actually on the show um i think what they do is they release like a new song every month and then mm. by the end by the end of the year you've got an album mm. because what makes me crazy is when i go on like an itunes or something and i make a playlist and everybody has a bunch of singles it's hard for me to get everything together to play right without having to like rename and rebuild a whole file for them i just want oh, to play yeah. the albums you know what i mean yeah so yeah. if they do the waterfall thing, it, uh, it eventually becomes, it lets them do singles for the, for the people that are quick, 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 quick. But it does build their album for the fans. At the end, at the end of the year, what they're going to do is they're gonna, they don't play it out, an album, release some vinyl, special vinyl, give some time to plan it out. You know, they play out a couple of videos, whether they're lyric videos or, or regular videos. Yeah, I noticed a lot of people are doing those lyric, lyric videos now. Yeah. A lot is easy to do. I know that I do all, all our videos. Matter of fact, I'm working on a video right now for, uh, for the for the live um, <clears throat> live lightning al album. Uh, Kid goes wild. Okay. It's gonna be, it's gonna be awesome. I mean, it's all live stuff, but man, the discolorization and the, I don't know. You know, I'm tooting my own horn, but uh, I've really done some creative stuff with the live stuff. You know what I mean? It really looks cool. The video, and well, I'm excited. It'll it'll be coming out Friday, right? Right when the album is uh you know re released released for, for i can appreciate that i i get it a lot i've actually done a couple of lyric videos actually folks for some bands just because yeah I just wanted to do it for their releases when they first came out just because i wanted to do it for no reason yeah <laughs> i wanted to learn i'm an editor you know i just wanted to do it for fun so i can i can understand the, the excitement of just doing it it's fun yeah i've been doing i've been doing art videos i did one million miles i did uh i've been doing art videos for Actually, it's kind of funny because even when we when uh, we got signed to to Arista, I was you know I, I don't know you know I I guess I got that eye you know I've I've always went to movies and I've seen everything and I'm a very critical type of person when it comes to that stuff. Um, I was right with the director and the producer and the people that was doing everything in the editing room and everything, and I learned a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? um stuff what i don't like and stuff that i do like and had a lot of arguments on those first three or four videos we do with, with uh babylon ad on the first couple albums you know what i mean it was so um i i kind of got you know educated myself on on the video aspects and i've been doing videos for years man it's 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 really cool and and um actually the perfect thing is so what do you we have one million miles video was that did you as a storyboard or did you have it loose in your mind and you went and yes. you shot it all and yeah. then put it together. Yeah, I, I write up a storyboard. It doesn't have, it doesn't, you know, uh, you kind of give it to everybody and say, this is the idea. You know what I mean? Although I know the storyboard back and forward, this is the idea. I'll give it to the to the camera guy and I'll give it, to, everybody will look at it for a little while and get an idea of how, it, how I kind of want it. But then I'll get all the footage. I'll have all the footage shot, but I'll get all the footage and then I edit what I think. Yep. You know what I want to see, I guess, really, <laughs> you know, because you got a couple hours with the shit and you're like, oh, man, let's see. Does this solo yeah. part on his fingers look good here for that two second clip, you know, or half a second clip? Does this part work good? Should I speed that up? Should I color it? You know, you have all these things that you can do. You time it. Then you find the best the best clip. And then if the timing is not perfect with the song and you're like, it's done with this thing now. I can tell you a really funny story. Um when we did Bangle the Bells mm -hmm. uh on our on our, our first album and we uh, two things. The first thing is 
the camera guy had shot Ron Solo. And in the editing, if you look at that video, if you look close at that video, you will see Ron, our guitar player, playing lead guitar, a big close-up come in on his hands on his guitar, and you'll see a long hair just hanging there off his finger, like stuck in his finger in his ring. <laughs> and we and I was like, cut that out, man. You gotta cut that out. And they never did. I mean, they they didn't listen to you. You know, you're like, man, don't you see there's a fucking hair hanging off his finger? I mean, it's a close-up. There's a hair, everyone could see it, you know. They didn't. We paid a lot of money to have this gigantic missile, man. Whenever you were, uh, we were at this uh, like airplane hangar, and they bring in this gigantic like missile bomb, man. It looked, it must have been, you know, fifty foot long, you know, and it was supposed to be part of the video, and 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 this chick's supposed to ride on it at the end of the video, or whatever. But when you see it, the way that they shot it, when you see it at the very end, that missile, which was about fifty foot long. Looked like, looked like it was about that big. It looked like it was like a like we we did it on purpose, like it was a comic strip or something. It was ridiculous, <laughs> and I think we paid something like you know five thousand dollars just to have this big missile come in, and the missile got shot, and it was in the in the whole video for maybe three seconds, and it was about that big. You know, it was like geez, that, that, you know what I'm thinking of is is the spinal spinal tap when they drew on the napkin oh. and it comes down and it, he's like <laughs> dancing yeah. around it. Oh yeah, we yeah. live Spinal Tap. I think a lot of bands live Spinal Tap. We 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 lived it. Trust me. That's what I have to go back and watch a video now. I don't think I wasn't paying attention. I don't remember that off the top of my head. You'll see it when you start playing lead guitar. You'll you'll crack up. You'll go, oh shit, there's that hair. The hair's there. It would make me crazy. And it, it's funny because, but like you know, what I'm saying about like, if you're editing, and it's not about the timing of the song or something. There's something about the cut, the timing though. If you're if you're if you're editing at something, it's a different yeah. kind of cut than somebody else will watch you. Like I don't see it. You're like, no, the timing's not right on this cut. Yeah. something else it's not the music itself you wouldn't catch it but it's it's something with the footage it's not yeah. as flowing you want, you, know? it to you want to have a lot of energy if it doesn't have any energy then it's like <sighs> you know well that's hard that was a hard and i think like with your performance you did a performance video people haven't seen it i want people to go back and watch all these videos too but um the the, the newer one it's, it's it's a beach it's beach footage but you're playing live at the beach oh uh, one and, million miles the one yeah did that. that's yeah but it's also a combination. It's got some <clears throat> some footage of you, you're driving, and some moments like you know, some yeah, storyline. That was just all a handheld. I'd say I just told my wife, here, hold my camera while I'm driving. Here, now I'm gonna hold my camera while I'm driving. And you know, <laughs> simple shit like that. But the footage, the the movement, the movement, and here I'm gonna stick it right on the top of you know. Uh, the mirror and you're going to see all the footage go by but i'm going to shoot it fast and i'm going to discolorate you know color colorize it and everything like yeah. that so you get a lot of different but it's it's always moving and um for for instance another thing on that video we were in um we were in uh god damn what's that island in uh, uh italy uh off the coast where all the gangsters hang out yeah sicily we were in sicily uh -huh. and in sicily they have tunnels everywhere and these tunnels could last, man, like shit, a half hour. You could be in, in the mountain in a tunnel. Really? Yeah. So I got that camera out and I stuck it right there, right at the windshield, right where you see everything. And bam, we just, all I did was just record that whole tunnel ride and it's got lights and all this crazy shit. So that's in that video, but it's really super fast motion. So it looks like you're going about a thousand miles an hour. You know, you don't know even you're going through a tunnel unless somebody told you. Right. 
And that anyway, footage, though, you can you can use it now in one of your lyric videos. You can this good footage to, to, to reuse. It's slower. <laughs> yeah, man, I got so much footage of, of uh, so many other types of videos and things, man. It's, it's sometimes it's a little overwhelming how much yeah. stuff I got, and uh, and I'll remember like, wait a minute, there's that one shot in that that I took that one day, you know, and then I'll go looking for it. <laughs> you know, I've got them on little zip drives or you know what yeah, whatever. They're pieced together everywhere, you know. So you actually so you have a full on studio. So are you producing people too? Also, I used to produce a lot of people, but I don't have any time anymore. I I, I stopped doing that just because I start I stopped started just not having enough time for myself. And yeah. sure, I was making a little bit of money here and there producing other people. You know what I mean? But uh, hell, I'd spend you know a couple of weeks in the studio on somebody else when I could have been and I'd make some money, but I I, I wouldn't have time for myself. Right. You know, so and I still have close friends even. Come on, man, just produce my song. No, I don't have no time, man. I just tell them I don't have no time. Even if I do, I say I don't have any. <laughs> well, I was going to just put that there. If you, that was something you still do, let people know. But obviously don't don't ask them. He doesn't do it. He's on time. No, um, I don't want to do it. You know, unless somebody gives me a big fat $10,000 check and says, here, here's three weeks. Okay, yeah, I'll try that. <laughs> you know, but. Well, the problem is with friends, it's not, it's actually, it's less even less than what you normally make because they want a favor and then it's like my time's still worth money and yeah. it's weird because we're friends yeah. sometimes I'll, I'll i'll mix a song for a, a friend or two i did that a couple weeks ago I actually mixed it mixed a song and mastered it for them you know what i mean mm -hmm. um and, and if i like the song I'm, oh that's a good song you know and they'll go yeah it's pretty good i know it's a great song let me just mix it and it'll be it'll be better you know and then i'll kind of fix it for them and i'll give it back to them they're like holy smokes now this song's great hold you it's a good song you know that's a cool thing to do um so the release is on the 17th you got a video coming out any other things we're gonna do to push this album support it out there like live performances and kind of any anything yeah, we're, we're, we're booking gigs right now um uh we've got four or five gigs booked right now and we've got a booking agent that's looking into some more what we don't want to do is get it's kind it's kind of a, like we have a small problem because we're working on an album at the same time. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to go out there and, and go out for a month or something like that. And, you know, and, and take away all, all that time. So we're just trying to do weekend warrior type of stuff, you know, which most bands do anyways. That's, that's the model nowadays. It's, it's, it's that's affordable. Kind of the model nowadays. And, and, and some festivals and things like that. I know we, we've got a pretty cool date at the, we haven't played the whiskey in about five years. So I'm kind of, excited about, about doing that we're playing the whiskey on september 2nd and, and that's way out there but still um it's gonna be fun to be back in la again i haven't been there in about five years since the last time we played there you know what i mean and i we used to, we all all used to live there i lived there for like seven years and it's weird how every time i go back to los angeles now it's like wow this is like knott's berry farm or disneyland or it's not like the hollywood that i hung out in you no know? i've heard it's i heard it's not where it used to be everyone's leaving no. you know everyone goes to nashville or yeah, Carolinas or Florida, yeah. anywhere. Yeah, it's not yeah. rock and roll land anymore. Uh -uh. Um, and but I you still, know, I, I still like hanging out on the strip or going to uh the rainbow and having dinner, you know, that kind of stuff. There's still got a little bit of a vibe still left, you know. Yeah, the rainbow and the whiskey, and there's a couple clubs left there, but there's a small scene going on, it's very so small, school. School, but it's still fun when you're there for a, for a, for a night, two nights, right. maybe, you know. I think, but but as you say. And, and it, I wouldn't even call it the weekend warrior thing because I think it, at this point it's become more than that because it almost feels like it takes away from the artist when people say, oh, they're just a weekend. 
what people don't realize is when you're on a tour, it's $1,000 a day for a van, a bus, or whatever. Mm. And then you got insurance, and then you got gas, and then you're pulling the merch behind oh, you. So, you. So then you look at that, then you get the van, you got food, and then sometimes you can't even stay in a hotel because then, you know, obviously you're on a bus. Yep. You have to you have to make money, which means you have to play X amount of gigs. And if you're playing a couple of big ones, then you have to hit cities and play these weird clubs. And they're like, why are you playing that club? Because uh, we need gas money. And, yeah. it, and it, it's a weird, it's a weird thing for the band and it, and it puts the band in a weird spot and it tires them out and it kind of deflates the, the value of your brand because they're like, why are we going to pay you this? If you just play this club here, why are you going to play this other venue? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but when you do it like this, you go and you're especially flying and you're resting. You're, we're older now. You, you can't do that. Yeah. I, I know that I have a good performance. You've got you know? the back lines. You don't got to take all your shit with you. You just tell them what you need, you know, and the drummer's just got to bring his yeah. sticks. The guy just brings his guitar yeah. and maybe, the, you know, a small foot pedal or something like that. It's a lot easier than it used to be, you know, carrying everything yeah. on the road. Um, yeah, that was, I, I mean, I love being on the road years ago, but, you know, that's when you were young, man, you, you know, you're a college age kid, man. And you're on the road and the whole damn world just was like, wow. It's like your oyster. It was like your party zone every single night. You know, it was a different world though. Yeah. It was Being on the road was a, was a different I don't thing. Think these kids nowadays have that kind of even imagination of, of what it was like back then, man. Cause it was pure mayhem for, for us anyways. And most, most bands that I know, you know, I think it, I think it ended during grunge. I think some of the grunge guys were yeah, rock and rollers and they kind of carried it on. Some of them did. Yeah, you know, yeah. alternative bands that kept some of it, not all of it, but uh, that was oh, it, I think. Got a little depressing there for a few years. <laughs> it got real sad. Oh, got sucked you know, out. Yeah, we you know, it's, it's hard because there's a there's some good music. I'm not going to totally knock out. I mean, hair metal ate itself in a way. I call it hair metal because it's just lazy to say that. Yeah, because you became a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. Yeah, something fresh came in, and 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 what happened is it aged out. Our age. Because what happened, I was in college for recording and video. So I do this, whatever. And I was in college when your album came out and, you know, whatever. And once you get out of college, your your money, your expendable money is gone. Mm-hmm. You can't go to shows as much as you want. At the same time, Grunge comes in, that's a younger generation. Not a lot. Not that we're old at that point. But that's the new income. The yeah. teens and stuff. So you're like, oh, I mean, like I saw Alice in Chains. I saw Alice in Chains open for... Um, Alice Chains open for Extreme. For wow. when Extreme was doing porno graffiti in a small club. That was insane. Um, so it did work. But, but I guess my point is it, 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 you change financially. Also in your 20s and your 30s, your, your viewing is different. What's happening now for a lot of bands, a lot of bands are making more money now. I think it's because we all can go back out again. We all have jobs and security. We're older now. Our kids are older. We have money, disposable income. And you guys can do weekends and make a better paycheck and go to a casino, go to a, go to a festival, see some friends, make some cash, and have uh, the rest of the week off. Yeah, that I I see the same same way too. I I uh I see a lot of people like I play in another band with uh with Dan Delarosa, the guitar player in Babylon AD, um, mm-hmm. and uh, Marty Shuhart. He used to play with Greg Ken and uh, a guy guy named Ben Wong. He's a great bass player. He used to play with Montrose, and we just have a little side project. That's really fun. It's when we're called the heavy for seventies. And all we do is only four bands, Montrose, Aerosmith, Thin Lizzy and UFO. And we do five nice. or six songs of each, each thing. And I got to tell you, every single time we play, like we just played on Saturday, mm-hmm. the guys are my age, the chicks are my age or whatever, you know, they're everybody's yeah. in their late forties and fifties or whatever, but everybody's rocking like it, like they're 15 again. 
you know, because I have, they've been starved for that kind of music. Yeah. For the last, nobody's playing it. Everybody's played all the, all the journey and the Bon Jovi and the, the, whatever the big hits yeah. of this, but, you know, we're doing a little bit, the hard rock, you know, yeah. we're not doing ACDC, but it's the same exact time. To see a bunch of hits on their night off. It's generational. You can't, I, I think, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. A lot of people are doing it. I, like you doing it. I go see that show. I love, especially because I love UFO and no one does UFO. No one does UFO. And I no love UFO. Either. Right. Yeah. So, so to me, it's great. And I'll see a regular, and I'll see a live music too. I'll see a ritual band. But you, you don't have to choose. I mean, just people are going to see what they want to see. And I think I think the cover band thing is good. You know, money's money. Live music is live music. Well, you know, now it's called tribute band. You know, you got to be a tribute band. What, what I what we're doing, and it's just for fun. But and we've only practiced four times. You know, but we played maybe ten gigs, and all the gigs are packed, and people are just like, "Wow, this is the shit." You know, and you're like. Yeah, this was the stuff, huh? When I was a kid in high school and elementary school, it's like this was the stuff, man. You know, it's it, it's definitely weird now. Um, so where can people is? Where do you want people to reach you from all this stuff? And you got a lot going on, like to update. You on Facebook? Where can we direct people to to keep oh, yeah. up with you, the band I, solo? I mean, you can go to if you wanted anything about the Babylon ED, it's babylonied.com or Facebook Babylon ED. Um, Derek Davis, Facebook. Uh, Derek Davis music. Usually, I have everything tied into Derek Davis music. Yeah. Any last words, everybody, or anything you want to share? Uh, you know, if we come to a city near you, man, come check out the band because we are a live band. We could put on a kick-ass show. Uh, the album will be coming out March seventeenth, about a week and a half from now, and um, we're gonna have a nice video. Kid Goes Wild is gonna be premiered. Um, cool. Check that out because it's gonna be really super cool. It's gonna be a little bit of a different type of live video. Mm -hmm. used to and um you know just babylon is back awesome well thanks for being on the show man i appreciate it thank you man i appreciate it too yeah,